Hello, and welcome to this Unpacked Short. I'm Charlie Pickles, Managing Editor here at Unheard, and I'm joined by our Unpacked Guru, Peter Franklin. Hi, Charlie. Hello, Peter. So today, we are going to explore an Unpacked Peter uh, that you wrote this week um, on how low-paying businesses profit from us all. And as a sort of um, protest version of Jeff Bezos uh, as our image here, which is very topical given the recent uh, news story that uh, Amazon have not quite been paying tax in this country, uh, which also links nicely to the fact that the topic we're discussing is wage stagnation, Mm. uh, and Amazon uh, are known, and we've covered it a lot here actually at Unheard, particularly via the work that James Bloodworth has done, for paying very badly and having very poor conditions um, in things like their distribution centres, despite the fact that Jeff Bezos himself is doing pretty darn well at the moment. I think he's now the richest man in the world. I believe that's exactly what's happened. Uh, So, Peter, we are talking about wage stagnation. Um, As you say at the start of your Unpacked, there's a a kind of a a huge debate um, and lots of different ideas of how um, low wages, wage stagnation can be tackled. But, Mm. but, But a lot of that debate circles around medium term at best often long-term change, yes. policy change that yes. have to happen. But what you're talking about here is a quick win. That's right. Um, instead of waiting to, you know, completely revamp the basis of capitalism, there's something we can do right now, which is get rid of non-compete clauses in employee contracts. Okay, and this was um, a piece on Bloomberg written by Noah Smith. Uh, yes. Unpacking. Yes. Um, just explain for us what is a non-compete clause or agreement or whatever you want to call it. But basically, it means that you can't go, you can't leave your current employment to go and work for someone else, a competitor, basically. And these um, would have been for at least you know a given period of time, um, and possibly not ever. But I'm not sure if that's enforceable. But certainly, an an absolute kind of you can't go straight from one job to the other. And typically, we would think of these as um, clauses that would apply to pretty senior people um, or quite specialist people. And you know, these are individuals, therefore, that are probably paid quite a high premium. Yes. Um, there has probably been considerable investment in them, both in attracting them to those roles and then, you know, ensuring that they're they're sort of trained up, you know, kind of um, able to, to, to uh, undertake their roles yes. um, at a high standard. And so you can kind of see why a business might say, you know, if I'm, for example, Amazon, and I'm not working in a distribution centre, but I'm in their HQ doing their strategy or yes. something like that. Yes. You can see why I, if I were Amazon, I might want to have a non-compete clause yes. um, that says actually someone there can't just the next day, if you know, I don't know, uh, Google offers them a bit more money, go and mm. work for Google. I mean, yes. that, that, that's a reasonable, surely, response for a. Business. Yes, especially if they're party to trade secrets. Quite. Um, and, you know, there, there, there are definite issues of confidentiality there and trust. And that's all fair enough for companies to protect themselves. The issue, though, is this isn't just affecting these, these very senior people. It's affecting large numbers of ordinary employees. 
And there's a phenomenal statistic. You, know, you also um, reference a piece in the uh, from the Atlantic by Annie Lowry that says that roughly one in five workers are now com- uh, covered by non-compete and no poaching clauses, mm. and more than half of major franchise businesses use yes. these clauses. I mean, yes. I mean, we're talking on a on a huge scale here. That's right. Um, I mean, the franchises is a particular issue. It's, it's like you can't go from one franchise to another. Um, and so, so that is a big, a very big issue. Um, and you wonder why on earth are they so keen to enforce this? Because it's unlikely that someone, maybe in an Amazon warehouse or wherever it might be. Working in Starbucks. Starbucks or McDonald's or you know, are they really going to be party to commercially sensitive information? Um, Unlikely. Therefore, what is the motivation for keeping people stuck in jobs? And what appears to be the case, or, you know, the strong suspicion, is that, in effect, it's it's holding down a competitive market for labour and therefore holding down Wages. Which brings us back to our wage stagnation. Yes. So, so it seems pretty unreasonable to be applying this kind of thing to um, people who are in, you know, pretty low skill uh, work. But it seems, for me at least, all the more unreasonable because actually these are probably also workers who are not receiving the sort of benefits that historically workers might have received who may well be on more precarious um, contracts so you know with low hours or even zero guarantees no guaranteed hours yeah no guaranteed work around the year Um, yeah absolutely and so effectively what we have is a massive imbalance in the risk and reward or the kind of power between the employee, if they're lucky enough to be employees, um, and the employer. So, you know, all of the rewards are going to the Amazon in this, you know, example. We might as well continue with it um, in the distribution centre. Whereas actually all of the risk is being placed on the individual worker. Exactly. And, you know, whether or not... The, there's a deliberate attempt to hold down wages. Well, I'm sure they'd, all of these companies would say, of course we're not doing this. Um, um, when, in which case, why do you need these, these clauses? Surely you can do without them. And, and Peter, you make the point that this is something we should all care about, even if we personally are not in a position where um, we're in a, you know, I guess particularly here, a low-paid role uh, with a non-compete or no-poaching clause. Um, yes, because, um, and, and this, is, this is about low wages in general, you might think, oh, I'm on an okay, I'm on an okay wage, I'm in a job which I, I quite like, why should I care about this? Well, it's because you're paying taxes and your taxes are subsidising the support systems for low paid workers. So access to public services, access to um, social housing, uh, tax credits, right? Um, and, and let's put this, you know, let's put a figure on this. So let's think about tax credits. I mean, in, in the UK, we spend about 30 
billion pounds on tax credit. So this is not an yes. insignificant chunk of, of the revenue from people's taxes. Absolutely not. And But they make, and, and you know, there, there's possibly some very good arguments for, for tax credits, but nevertheless, the reality is that they are making it possible for well, businesses that don't invest in their people. It, it makes them possible, uh, makes it possible for them to offer low wages and get people coming forward to take the work because the tax credit system incentivizes people to do that. And we, the rest of us on okay wages or good wages, are subsidizing that. Um, and it seems, you know, where's the accountability of these companies that do benefit from it? And the least they can do is let their employees um, move about freely from employer to employer, just as these companies move about from country to country to build up their global businesses. Why not allow those same free market virtues to be enjoyed by ordinary working people too? And you know, to me, it's utterly unfair and unjust that they should be prevented from doing so. Well, there are all sorts of uh big knotty issues with the model of capitalism that we have today particularly in in sort of britain america um but really knotty issues that are going to take a while for us to be able to sort out but thank you peter because it's always nice to hear of something which you, you know could literally be done overnight yeah. if we banned these non-compete clauses then this would actually make a difference in introducing a fairer model of capitalism that it's works for more people especially with you know, several countries being in a situation of full employment. This should be working to the advantage of workers. A no-brainer. Thank you very much, Peter, as always. Thank you, James, for producing this podcast. Thank you all for listening to it. We very much hope that you've enjoyed it. And if you have done, please do subscribe uh, on whatever the podcast platform is that you listen. Um, and do also check out our other podcasts. We have some great audio documentaries, including, in fact, uh, one that James Bloodworth has recently uh, presented, which is looking at a particular part of low-wage low uh, employment, um, and also our weekly podcast. Mm -hmm.